This episode is sponsored by Superspeed Golf. You know, I'm probably just like you and have tried just about everything to hit the ball farther. And there are a few things that have jumped out, specific tools and strategies that I think have had the biggest impact on personally myself, and then things that we have seen that are researched base and proven at the highest level. One of those things is super speed golf. They are research back. Tons of tour players use them every week. We had the guys on the podcast before, and I know that literally hundreds of you have picked up super speed sets and are seeing amazing results. And just the other day, Kyle gave me a shout about a new workshop that you're doing. So you can get a customized hands-on approach. You can get it like a personalized overspeed training program, 3D motion capture, ground force analysis, advanced risk mechanics, ball flight optimization, the list goes on. And they have a few amazing special guests that we've had on the pod before, Lance Gill, Liam Mucklow. So this is an amazing opportunity. This workshop is coming up really soon, September 14th and 15th. Get all the details over at golfsciencelab.com slash Scott, which is the post that goes along with this episode. We'll have the link on there or head over to superspeedgolf.com to their website to have the info there. Can't recommend this enough. Great opportunity to gain 20 yards in two days and get it customized for yourself, for your body to make sure that you remain injury free and swing at your best. Love this. Thanks for sponsoring. Appreciate it. You are listening to the Golf Science Lab podcast. My name is Cordy Walker, and I'm on a mission to figure out how to improve the way that we learn and get better at golf. I've been able to travel all over the world talking with leaders in the industry, from instructors to researchers to golfers themselves, learning how they're getting better at golf and what that means for you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode in our How to Be a Tour Pro series. This week, we are sitting down with Scott Stallings. I was able to catch up with him at the 3M Open in Minneapolis and really have a conversation all about like how did he keep jumping from tour to tour and level to level, consistently getting better and growing. It's an awesome conversation and great insights into the specific tactics, how he practices, how he thinks about things and all of that. Before we get to it, a quick overview so you can just kind of have context on his career. As a college golfer at Tennessee Tech, he won seven times and was named an All-American in 2006. In 2008 and 2009, he played on the Tar Heel and Hooters Tours. He played on the Nationwide Tour in 2010, earned his card, went to the PGA Tour in 2011, won the Greenbrier in 2011, won a second time at the True South Classic, now Sanderson Farms Championship. In 2014, he won the Farmers Insurance. Uh, so he's had a fantastic career and he's right in the heart of it, playing some really good golf. But let's go back. Let's go back to the start. Where does this journey begin for Scott? I played every sport growing up as a kid baseball, basketball, soccer. I mean, basically anything you can think of. And yeah, you know, I was decently competitive in everything and I was but baseball was kind of my first love and I was on a traveling baseball team and golf was kind of something I did when the seat was kind of in the middle of the seasons and when Tiger won the Masters in 97 that was the week my birthday's the last week in March and I'd made my first ever hole in one nice and then Tiger won the Masters and so I was just <laughs> on a golf high and we're getting ready to start spring practice to get ready for this travel baseball team and so Monday after Tiger won I remember calling my coach we we're getting ready to have our first like we we're gonna go throw or 
what you know pretty yeah. low-key and i called my coach and you know we were on a team that was probably 60 games a year at that point which is nothing now for how baseball is but you know for at that point in my life that was a lot and called him and said i was done i wasn't gonna play and i was gonna pursue golf and i by by no means was golf the sport that I was best at, but it was just something that I just fell in love with in the course of a, a couple of weeks and happy that I feel like I made the right choice. <laughs> I think you did. Were you better at baseball or were you better at golf? I was way, I was, golf was my worst sport. Really? But I mean, I, I lucked up, I bladed a nine iron from like 140 yards and it went in. And then I watched this 21 year old kid just blow away the field at the Masters and it was just like, I want to do that. That's awesome. How so, old were you at that? I was 12. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Like, I was going to figure it out my way. And, you know, I had a super strong grip. I hit a big high draw. My wedges sucked. You know, my short game was average, but I could hit it a really long way, and I was a good ball striker. So I kind of, you know, looking back, if I could teach myself how to play like I know now, I would work from the green back. And it's crazy, like you see these pro-ams, like I'm getting ready to play the pro-am this afternoon. Like I could take your 20 handicapper and just go around and caddy for them and not change a single shot or how they play, but just tell them what, like where they need to be from situational awareness from certain sides of the golf course. I mean, you save 10 shots off a round just by like learning how to play better. Not necessarily like, oh, you need to swing better, you need to putt better. Obviously all those things are goes without saying that can lower your score but just from a mentality standpoint of learning how to manipulate your way around the golf course especially when you don't have it and kind of just trying to figure out the best version of, of what that day looks like and it's pretty crazy if i like i would love to go back to myself at you know that 12 year old kid and like man your short game just keep getting better at it I think something really interesting is like the basic question of like, what did you do to practice and get good? Were you playing all day? Were you hitting balls? Were you with an instructor? Like what did a day look like as a junior golfer? Play golf as much as you possibly can and figure it out. Like figure out how to dig it out of the dirt, figure out how to put yourself in situations and get out of it. Like the, the way golf is now from a performance standpoint of track man and functional movement and you know just the way the body works and everything i mean obviously there's a a time and a place where that comes in but also i think that it kind of takes the you know a lot of people need to kind of focus more on getting outside and and figuring it out my my score is based on how i go from the tee to get it in the hole as fast as possible all the other stuff happens off the golf course and like i struggle with that too now especially with technology and what we have available to us on tour you know you're talking about real small margins and and how to get better in just real incremental ways i think you know even myself is uh, susceptible to that from time to time I was a pretty late bloomer. I didn't get a ton of looks from college. Ended up playing at a small school, Division One school, Tennessee Tech. And ultimately, man, that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. I had a, and as my career progressed into, you know, freshman, sophomore year of college, uh, my college coach had played on tour for a few years and kind of pulled me aside and said, man, I feel like you have the talent and ability to, to make a run at it. And, you know, he was always hounding on me, make sure I, I did a little bit more than everyone else. 
and was willing to put the time and effort into it. And, and still, I mean, I didn't know how to work. I did, I just thought time and volume and just keep stacking hours. I mean, looking at it now, like I had no clue what I was doing. I mean, I feel like I have a decent idea now, but you know, still my time management is the key, especially if you're going to be out here for a long time, understanding when you can put the hammer down and, and really grind it out. And also understanding that, you know, from a mindset perspective and how to kind of get away from the game. And so when you show up, like you're ready to work instead of, oh crap, I got to do this again. You know, I enjoy the process. I enjoy the, the trial and error of getting better and kind of everything that goes along with that. But, uh, you know, there's definitely a give and take and, and there's a lot, a, a lot of poor decisions that hopefully lead to, uh, better outcomes and better processes, uh, through the course of a career. Why do you think you were able to keep chugging along, even though, like you said, you do it differently now? I did a lot of things really well. I was always a good ball striker, and I was able to kind of get it around the hole. My length helped. I mean, I hit it significantly shorter now than I did when I first got on tour, but I do not hit it out of play near as much, so there's a, a definitely a give and take there. I mean, I, I don't hit it short by any means, but I've made some sacrifices equipment-wise, body-wise, and stuff like that to make sure that I can, you know, be able to do this for the long haul. I mean, my back doesn't bother me anymore. I don't hit a 30-yard hook with my wedge. You know, stuff like everything that goes into being a more efficient and a more productive golfer week in, week out. And, you know, I think people have to kind of figure out what does that version... I know this is what I'm capable of, but is that actually feasible over the course of a 30-week season? You know, instead of being the flash in the pan, like how can I be a, a you know, relevant week in, week out, instead of just once every now and then. So how did you make that jump then? You said high school, maybe not so much, and then college, you just, it just kind of I started working with uh, a coach my sophomore year of college, Brad Rose, and the first thing he, I had kind of a very manufactured putting grip. I held the putter the way that I swung, like I interlocked. I never even thought anything any different. That's just kind of what I did. And I had a really funky, the way my left hand was sitting on the putter was super strong. And I remember the first thing he said, he's like, How, how's that Honda? Like, I didn't know what that meant. And he said, you're, he said, you drive a car like this. And he put his hand up like you would put your, on the steering wheel of a car. He said, this is how you putt. And he changed my putting grip. And the next week I won my first college tournament in at Jacksonville State in Gadsden, Alabama. And it just kind of like evolved from there as far as understanding, well, you do this well, how can we make it a little bit better? And, you know, that kind of, you know, working with him and kind of figuring out ways to consistently get better and, and making it where I knew what the goal, like the long-term goal and the short-term goal and kind of how that met throughout was something that we tried to work for, uh, tried to work for all the time and it just kind of went from there, man. But that was the first lesson I ever got. Learn how to travel, learn how to be a professional, everything that kind of goes along between making a paycheck learn how to manage sponsors, learn how to manage, you know, your time and resources to be able to, you know, fulfill a certain outcome. 
I mean, any kind of business mindset. I mean, my business was golf. And, you know, in 2010, I missed my tour card by a shot. And everyone thought that was like this huge detriment that happened to me. But ultimately, was the probably the best thing ever. I mean, I spent my first basically month on the well, now cornferryweb.com. When I played, it was nationwide. Spent basically the first four events were out of the country. I'd never traveled out of the country to play golf anywhere, let alone for my job. Yeah. And I mean, that was like early-ish December. And second week of January, I was in New Zealand and trying to figure it out, man. Yeah. And Australia, Colombia, Panama, kind of everything that went along with the schedule that it was at the time. And I mean, that was a huge, I matured a lot as a man. My wife was, I was very fortunate to have my wife be able to go with me and, and kind of learn that process of, of being a husband and, and a professional golfer and, and a man all at the same time. And so there's a lot of maturity that happened and kind of progressed from there. I played mini tours out of college for about 18 months, went to Q school, missed, played a full year Q school, missed my car by shot, web.com or nationwide. Didn't get my card, but at the time, if you placed high enough in the the money list, you basically got a free run at finals. And I played a practice round with Scott Brown at Orange County National. He told me on the fourth hole, and he said, buddy, I don't know. He said, if you don't get your card this week, you're never going to get it. <laughs> and I mean, I, oh was, I, I hit a huge draw with my driver uh, and just bombed it. And or, it was long. It was wet. And uh, I finished, I think I finished like sixth in the tournament. And he literally told me on the fourth hole of the practice round, he said, if you don't get your card this week, you're never going to get it. Pressure is on. <laughs> so I'll never forget that. So we've heard a bit of his story, kind of what are the actions that took, what are the things that happened along his career. Let's shift gears in our next segment. Let's look at the tactics and routines and the habits and the practices and the games. Uh, in particular, he actually discusses a game that he's using right now to go out and practice. And I thought it was so good that we made this cheat sheet for the game. We transcribed what he what he says and kind of gave you a little game plan so you can go out and test this out yourself. But it's on the show notes along with this, golfsandslive.com slash Scott. Uh, you'll see a button and link to download that. All right, let's get into these strategies. I've never really been a, a range guy. I will play and practice a lot on the golf course. Like my... I do a lot now at home. I'll get up super early in the morning and go first off and play a couple balls, or I'll go like really late in the day and play a few balls and play a couple different games on the course between myself from... What kind uh, of games are you playing? Proximity to holes when I do. Uh, you take uh, scoring averages and especially with the, the data that we have, you know, like strong areas and weak areas. But the biggest thing is I do one with this wedge game. You break it up into four 25-yard segments, 50, 75, 75, 100, 100, 125, 125 to 150. And you go four balls in that general area. You never hit a ball from the same yardage. You never, because in, in golf, you can't drop one and hit it again. You always go through your process routine and everything. And so basically the stats that we've gone off in the last 10 years, what was the closest proximity to hole in that generalized 25-yard area. So in 2013, when Justin Rose won the U.S. Open, his proximity to hole from 50 to 75 yards was 6 feet 8 inches. That was his average. Hmm. Wow. From 50 to 75. 
that is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And and the numbers obviously get further and further away the the further you go from the hole. But we found over the course of shot link data, we picked the the best in over the ten year period that they've been able to keep the data. Yeah. And that's the number we use. So two of the four balls from that, you know, twenty-five yard segment have to be inside the best. The other two can go wherever. But if you get more than two, it adds up. So say you went to one twenty-five to one fifty, you only got one. If you carry one over, it kind of allows the game to continue, and you do it over a nine-hole period, and you kind of bounce back and forth, and you start to see your strength and weaknesses. And using one club, using multiple clubs, and just trying to figure out how to, you know, I'm in this situation, like how to deal with it. And you know, kind of, I do way better with games like that. Sitting on the on the range, hitting balls. Like my coach Scott Hamilton will tell you that I've definitely got driving range ADD. Golf is very counterintuitive to my personality, and so any. Anything that involves like getting into it and kind of figuring out how to make a score, make a shot, like that way more intrigues me than sitting in a bay hitting balls on a track, man. The range is, is more a technical thing. Like how I do on the range is completely irrelevant to my score on the course because I feel like so for instance testing a driver shaft here on Monday in Minnesota and you know messing with some spin numbers and just trying to find a more optimal version you know to cut down a couple you know hundred RPMs and just try to make hey I'm driving it nice but is could we make it a little bit better and you kind of give that give and take and and kind of deal with it but you're basically dealing with Monday afternoon numbers and trying to extrapolate and compare it to what it'd be Sunday afternoon coming under the gun where your swing speed you know is in that you know some guys three some guys seven miles an hour you know, if I'm swinging at 114, 116 on a Monday, like it's going to be significantly higher Sunday afternoon under the pump. And I just think that so many people are like, well, you know, it goes so much further in tournaments. Like, yeah, everything, attention <laughs> to detail, focus. And so just with that mindset, understanding that this is a process, I'm going to be technical here, but I'm going to go on the golf course, I got to go execute. And learning kind of the differences, similarities between the two is something that I think people struggle with. Let's say your son decides to play golf, right? And uh -huh. he's trying to do it. What do you think would be the biggest advice or things that you would help him with down the road here if he if he chooses to, to go after it? I'd make him work on his fundamentals and make him work from the green back. Yeah. And ultimately let him give as many opportunities as I possibly can to let him play. And I think as a dad and a professional golfer and whether it's my son or, or it's one of my friends kid, kids came i was like i want to be a good golfer that's i would tell him the exact same thing whether he was my son or not and you see so many people make mistakes of the perfect swing or i mean you go up and down this range there's not many with perfect swings there's a lot of funky looking action out there but they know how to get it done and you know there's more than one way to do it and but just figuring out how to be that version of yourself more often than not and come out here day in day out with purpose and a plan and go out there and figure out how to execute.
Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Scott had so many good insights and I just really appreciate him sharing his story and a lot of the stuff that he is doing now, the stuff that he, uh, you know, thinks helped him achieve the success that he has and, and all that good stuff. It's just a, some really cool insights. If you want to learn more about Scott, he has a really cool story about some of the things that have happened in his health and his journey as a professional golfer over the last few years. The No Laying Up podcast interview that he did was fantastic. I would recommend going back to that if you haven't listened to it already and listen to that interview that they did with him. Super, super good. If you enjoyed this, as always, make sure to subscribe. We have podcasts coming out on a regular basis here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the places you find your podcasts. Make sure to do that. If you are not on the email list to get all the updates, all our good free resources that we try to make and all that good stuff, golfsiteslab.com slash insider, go hop on the email list. This episode was hosted and written by me, Cordy Walker. You can follow me on Twitter at Cordy Walker and was edited, mixed and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. 